everybody to another edition of Rotocurve Radio. I'm your host, Michael Rathburn, and the podcast we have going on tonight is the Deep Threats podcast with, uh, podcast with Matthew Williamson, if I can speak. Uh, <laughs> and this uh, this podcast is a uh, what we call a value play podcast for DFS on FanDuel and DraftKings. Some of the players that Matt and I talk about are going to be, um, we don't necessarily want to call them sleepers. Uh, because there might be players that a lot of people are on, so we're going to kind of classify it as value play. I'm going to define, you know, I'll let you guys know who the players are that are quote-unquote chalk, that are cheap, and I'll let you guys know who isn't the chalk. And the thing is, in tournaments, which is what we're really talking about here, is you need a little bit of chalk, you need a little bit of contrarian, and at the end of the day, you're hoping you finish at the top. So before we get going, let me introduce Matt Williamson again here, uh, ESPN, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, numerous uh, locked on NFL dynasty blueprint. Uh, I'm not hard to find. P- pigskin. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to rattle him off, man. I'm trying to give you give you due. Uh, and I know you just got follow me on podcasts. Twitter at Williamson NFL. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean if you're, you're if you really want your look on locked on NFL guys is um you know there's a poli- a plethora a proliferation of podcasts out there. And, um, I will put that over, um, the, if you're a dynasty player, I'll put over the dynasty blueprint podcast that he does with Ryan McDowell. It's, it's the best dynasty podcast in the industry with hands down. And, um, it's my number one listen of the week in terms of my dynasty. And then also just NFL, just NFL content because Matt watches every game. He he covers the Steelers. He worked in the NFL. He was, uh, at, uh, I don't want to get this wrong, but not AD at Akron, but... Um, no, as director of football operations. Director, there we go. I mean, this is a guy who's seen a lot of players, high school, college, NFL. He's been in the trenches, in the front office, uh, and you're not going to get that anywhere else in any other podcast. So, again, I want to put Matt over and just let you guys know that you're getting uh, fo- football insight from one of the best in the industry. Um, before we get started... Again, we always run this weekly promo through the podcast. Promo code is WRATH, as always. We're giving you guys a $5 weekly membership over at rotocurve.com. You get all of our content absolutely uh, for the week four NFL uh, schedule. And again, we have made the majority of our content premium. It is behind a paywall, so there's not a lot of freebies. You're only getting it for, you know, you're getting it for only $5, and there's a lot of, a lot of content over there that can help you in DFS. So, like, what we like to do every week is um, kind of briefly go over uh, Matt's picks from a week ago. And we got some good ones, some guys, some definitely off the green picks, some guys that ended up being chalk plays. But when Matt took them, you know, it, they, they were definitely uh, contrarian plays at the time. But um, let's start off with quarterback. Um, Ryan Tannehill was a chalk play, but he was a value play. And uh, it looked a little sketchy early on in that game. Uh, but, you know, he came through. Overtime was a big help. Uh, and he finally got it going, but Tannehill paid off. Yeah, he did. And uh, you know, we're taping this at seven thirty-eight right now, and he's about to play in what half an hour or so, forty-five minutes. I think he could have a decent game tonight too. I mean, I'm just encouraged. It's going to take a while, Dolphins fans, but I think the the Gase Tannehill marriage eventually is going to pay off for this organization, and they're going to have their first quarterback really since Dan Marino. Yeah, um, and, and they've got wide receivers. I mean, they've got Parker, they've got Landry. Those are two guys that looks like they can yeah. count on for sure. Um, the jury is probably still out on stills, and then we don't really know what's going on with Carew. 
Um, but if they can, if they can at least get, if they can hit on Stills or Carew, uh, then I think they've got the three wide receivers that they need. And then you can always address running back in the draft, which is probably the thing that you want to do in 2017. Um, the other guy that you were on is, uh, and I and I loved to play last week. I was all over it as well. Is is Dak Prescott, who was super cheap. He's playing well, uh, and he was going against a Bears defense that was absolutely decimated with injuries right now. And he was at home, and he was a favorite. I mean, everything really lined up for for Prescott last week. Yeah, it did, and he's very impressive. You know, and I've had a lot of conversations this week of what does Dallas do when Romo comes back? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and. I think that's an easy conversation. I think yeah. you say, "Hey Tony, you're the guy." Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, you're better. Exactly. Yep. And then you say, and as soon as the season's over, "Hey Tony, you're old and expensive. Goodbye, Dak. Here's your, you know, it's your steering wheel again." Yep. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different situation than it was Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady. Right. Um, you know, Tom Brady was a multiple year starter at Michigan. Just, I mean, Brady fell in the draft for whatever reason, um, and he just went to a team that had surrounding pieces, you know, a little bit like Dallas, but it's a situation where if Romo, you know, they, and they had to lean on Bledsoe later on in that year to help him get to the Super Bowl. So in this situation, yeah, for sure. Romo comes back, you put him out there. Um, and if he's just not right, you have a backup. Right. Man. And he still got the guy, right. It's yeah, a good problem absolutely. to have at that point. Yeah. And hey, for him learning on the sideline, it's not going to, it's not going to hurt. So, um, that's what he was supposed to be doing. Running back. He crushes confidence. Or yeah. Anything. Yeah. It's just not like Osweiler Manning. It's not a totally different situation. No, right, right. Uh, crushed running backs last week and had a couple of guys that nobody was on. And I did mention that a couple of guys that, um, Shane Vereen, when we record the show, was not a favorite play. He was a guy that people were kind of looking at. Um, but when the news came out that Rashard Jennings was hurt, Shane Vereen automatically became a top play. And he was on every one of my lineups last week. Um, and he, and then, unfortunately, he suffered a season-ending injury. But he did produce value for everybody in fantasy last week. Um, the other guy that we knew was a chalk play and came through was Charles Sims. The two guys that Matt was on last week was from the Saints Falcons game, and we talked about why, you know, high total, and you know, it, it, it was just you wanted a piece, but no one was really looking at the running backs, and I think that was a great call by Matt, and that he went Mark Ingram and Tevin Coleman, and both guys blew up. Um, what were your thoughts about the Monday night game and how that played out? Yeah, and just watching the game, you know, a little a bit of the Falcons in general. Sort of reminds me of last year. They've had they faced three very soft defenses, yep. and then they they're about to face three very difficult ones. I saw know? that schedule. Yeah, we're <laughs> yeah, really know really. what's yeah yeah. So the the narrative on the Falcons may change a lot, but I have come around that I like their offense a lot. There's I'm not sure if you and I have talked about this. Unfortunately, I'm on a lot of different podcasts. Well, fortunately, um, but. There's five or six teams in the, in the league right now, and these are two of them that are glaring examples that are really good on offense yep. and really bad on defense. Bad on defense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, when I'm doing this this show with you, those are the teams I want more than anything. And then sure. when two of them meet, you know, it's yep. barn burner. Sure, absolutely, and it it just exploded on Monday night. Um, wide receiver, another guy from the same game. And again, you know, we talked about this guy on Thursday and then news got out that Willie Sneed wasn't going to play. And then again, Michael Thomas became a guy that everybody was pivoting to and he came up with a big game. And I think that um, I think that 
look, it's kind of tough when you got two guys in front of you that are cooks and sneed. But the I mean, I, I I don't know about you, but I love Michael Thomas. I mean, I'm in, I, like I, I, lot, got a man, yeah. I got a man crush on Michael Thomas. I like him a lot, especially now, and especially the position he's in. Yep. You know, Marcus Trufant's a total stud, but you knew Trufant wasn't going to end up on Thomas, and that was my logic, you know, from the beginning, even when I thought Sneed, well, we weren't positive if Sneed would play or not, but, right, you know, right. even if he would have played, I liked the pick and loved it after. Yeah. And the other guy you were on, and we kind of joked about it, but, you know, he did get a touchdown, and he, and he was dirt cheap, was Devontae Adams. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that offense is coming around. I still have hope for this guy as not being a terrible player, but... Uh, yeah, Abbott, I mean, he's in the perfect situation. At some right. point, the light's going to go on, you know. And, and there's nobody so pushing of- There's nobody pushing him. No. None of these guys. Not Janice, not Montgomery, not Abedaris, not, not um, the other kid they drafted, uh, Trevor, uh, I forgot his last name, but... Montgomery. Yeah, well, uh, the, the other guy they drafted this year, um, Trevor. Oh, very right. But um, it's like... There's no one stepping up in that number three, and that's been a developmental, like it, whether it was James Jones or whether it was Cobb when he first came up, and that's the other thing that's a little bit scary is Randall Cobb is doing nothing, zero, it, and it's like is something wrong with him? Is he not healthy? Uh, I'm I'm worried about Randall Cobb. I mean, I've been a Randall Cobb fan since he came into the league and he went to the Packers, right? Uh. I, I'm starting. To, I mean, I'm starting to sell off shares of him, man. I mean, I don't. I, mean, I don't know I don't about like, you. Yeah. I, I and mean, last getting... year he played hurt a lot more than people realized at the time. Mm-hmm. Is that still going on? Is it something new? Is yeah. he watched it? I, I I don't know. I mean, uh, that offense. Yeah, they they don't scheme guys up very well. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. That's that's gonna. Um. That's kind of the review from last yeah. week. Again. Um. You know. What we do is we're not picking from the top shelf is, you know, Matt, is, we're looking at guys that are, you know, beyond the, like usually halfway point is kind of the cutoff. It's bottom 15 at a position or lower. If it's quarterback, running back, wide receiver, um, you know, tight or whatever, it's, it's usually, you know, after the top 15 or after the top 20, depending on the way the salaries match up. And so that's the group of guys that we're picking from. So it's not going to be a hundred percent hit rate every week. It's if we can hit, you know, on half of them, that's going to be a success because again, we're talking about guys that are, you know, cheaply owned, not a lot of chalk plays here. If it's chalk, we're going to tell you, but we try to stay away from it. Um, so just more of a disclaimer of, of why there's certain players that we don't talk about and why we're really kind of you know going at the more of the the value play tournament angle. Uh, we always and along start those off, lines. You know, there'll be times like you know we 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 talk about my list beforehand, and sometimes there's there's not there, and sometimes and yeah, better yeah, not. And this, so that's this is right. This is this is a week that overall, um, there's not a lot of value out there. I understand. Um, there, there's this value. Is yeah, there's value at the running back position, and we usually can find that every week, and we want to exploit that. But there's not a lot of value. There's a couple guys at wide receiver they think really jump off the page. There's not any really value defenses this week. There's a ton of value at the tight end position this week. And there's not a lot of value at the quarterback position. So the way that the landscape plays out for me, I think you want to pay up at quarterback. You can find value at running back. There's a little bit of value at receiver. And I would not pay up this week at tight end. I think there's just so much value at tight end. And we'll get into that. Quarterback. Um, there's one guy that people are going to be on 
and I think there's two that people are not going to be on that we can talk about. So the first guy up is Trevor Simeon uh, at Tampa Bay and gets a pretty good matchup. But, man, um, a tale of two halves for Simeon last week. Um, didn't look good early on, then exploded on the road against Cincinnati. There's absolutely nobody in the world that would have predicted this. Um a lot of people are going to be on him this week because of what he did last week, and he's still cheap, and he's going against Tampa. So really kind of, you know, I know I know you really looked at him you know, against the Bengals and kind of what were your takeaways with him. Yeah, and early in the game, I tweeted out, boy, he looks rough. And I thought, I mean, that's, he looked rough. <laughs> I mean, and he was missing a lot of guys. And then a lot of people tweeted me post game saying, "Hey, dude, you see his final numbers? He wasn't rough." I'm like, "Well, he was rough when I tweeted it. I didn't predict the future." And and then you go back and watch it. He played well. He took more chances, which is long overdue. Although probably some of that's coaching. Um, the the Bengals did a great job of winning at the line of scrimmage and taking away the run. And Demarius and Emmanuel Sanders had a lot of one-on-one matchups, and Simeon let it fly for really the first time. And it paid off. And those Cincinnati corners have been banged up. But I look at Tampa Bay's secondary and think, well, why isn't the same thing going to happen? You know, I mean, Demarius and Sanders are a heck of a lot better than the guys covering them in Tampa Bay for this week. So I think we can expect more of the same. I don't think he's going to put the – I bet those are the best numbers of his of his career or season. <laughs> you know, I yeah, mean, yeah. But I think, you know, for the price. Uh, yeah, I mean, gosh, some, he's, you know, yeah. even though he's going to be heavily owned, I just think the floor is there. I mean, you know, he's 7,400 on, on FanDuel. Uh, again, there's just not a lot there at, at the cheap, you know, so I'm probably bypassing him on FanDuel. But 5,400 on DraftKings, he's absolutely in play. Uh, the next guy you got here is um, Brock Osweiler at home against Tennessee. 7,300 on FanDuel, 5,800 on DraftKings. So, again, DraftKings prices are always going to be cheaper, just as a disclaimer. So it's always going to sound more attractive. But, um, you know, again, just it's the strategy on DraftKings in tournaments a lot of times is finding the cheap quarterback. And you can find the cheap quarterback here. You can go with Simeon. You can go with Osweiler. Talk about why, um, why you like Osweiler in this spot. Yeah, again, I mean, I think the Tennessee secondary is probably the weakest. It's definitely the weakest area of their defense. Um an extra long week to prepare. You know, they That's just a good got... point. That's a good point. They came yeah. off a, an ass kicking, um, and they licked their wounds. And they're home. Uh, yeah, I think this is a you know circle the wagons kind of game. Right. And I mean, it's a tight um, team that just lost JJ Watt. That mm-hmm. um, you know that has an advantage for sure with New Hopkins and Fuller, and those guys are much better than the people covering them. Right. right. I don't like yeah. Osweiler much as a player, but this right. is sweet. Yeah, I agree. I'm not a huge fan, but I think the spot here, I mean, when you talk about 300 passing yards, he could hit it. He could hit it this week. And 300 passing yards on DraftKings is three bonus points. So Mm. that's equivalent to um, 75 yards passing or it's equivalent to half a touchdown. So it's significant for a quarterback to hit 300 yards on DraftKings. Uh, The third guy that we're going to talk about is Alex Smith on the road against Pittsburgh. Um, now he's he's a FanDuel play for me for sure because he's sub 7K. He's 6900, and he's 5600 on DraftKings. But I like this. You know, I'm looking for a guy who's sub 7K on FanDuel, and the list is pretty ugly. Alex Smith is the best of the list this week. 
and I like him more and more. You know, he was a late addition to my list, and I've been kind of sitting here thinking about it, and I'm starting to really get fired up about him because look what the Steelers have allowed passing-wise the last yeah. three weeks. Yep. A lot, mm-hmm. an awful lot, and teams aren't yep. running against them very well. Smith is also a good runner. The Steelers are really banged up on the second level. Uh, he could take advantage of that as a runner. If you watch the the Eagles game, and you think Doug Peterson and Andy Reid might talk a little bit this week, you know, I mean, the, the Eagles yep, nickel and dimed the heck out of them in the middle good of the field, there. run after the catch, screen game, and with those injured linebackers and possibly strong safety, I think the middle of the field is very volatile for the Steelers. They don't rush the passer well at all. And I think Kelsey could absolutely blow up in this game. I don't yeah, know what he costs. He, he's too expensive for this yeah, list. Yeah, he's going to be he's going to be heavily heavily owned. Um, I and I agree, I, and for for the right reason. Um, I like Smith in this spot because um, the projected total in this game is like the fourth highest on the board. The Steelers right now are a five point favorite, and I could see that line going down. They opened. Uh, four and a half. It's now five. The total opened around 47 and a half. It's at 47. Um, it would not shock me if the Steelers number goes down. I don't think it's going down a whole lot, but it might go to four, three and a half. Uh, I don't think it goes below three and a half, but I think that there's going to be some people that think that KC can hang around in this game and then potentially get a backdoor cover. So, um, I'm really liking the Smith call. I like the Osweiler call. Um, I don't know about Simeon. I mean, I get why people are He's on third Simeon. on my list there right, for sure. Right, right. But I think that, um, you know, like you were saying, we just don't know enough about him. And it's on the road. Um, it's really easy. And he might when, be able to check down like crazy and still second. win that game. And, yeah, you know. yeah. And I think it's a second, like, it's, it's a, it's, I don't know how much you, I've got a theory and it's a theory. I can't prove it. Um, every team plays two road games that are non-conference. And when you really think about it, and everybody can say every win matters, every game matters, but these games don't matter as much when it comes to tiebreakers, division games, you know, there's a a thinking that division games are almost like they count as two and conference game. I think it was Bill Parcells that said it like conference game. Like basically he said, you got to win every home division game. Like he said, home division games are like three road division games are like two. Uh, home conference games are like one and a, you know like one and a half, and then you you know he kind of like that that was something he talked about, mm-hmm. and he said, logically speaking, road uh, non the non conference road games that you play twice a year against teams that you don't see, you never you play ga- right. you don't game plan against those teams as much you don't I mean so you know do, does Denver kind of come into this game and just say hey you know what um, we can win running the ball. Uh, we can play keep away from Winston. We can let Winston beat himself because uh, we think our defense and our secondary is going to be able to pick him off. Uh, and and let's just get out of here with a win. I mean, I, and I, the, the perfect example of your theory happened last week is the Cardinals go into Buffalo ooh, and yep. the Steelers go into Philadelphia mm-hmm. and they both get blown out. And I've been asked about those games a yep. hundred times. And I'm like, if you're going to get blown out, that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, hurt you I just, bad. you know, I've I've been on the handicapping side in the past uh, for a very long time, and it's just something that I take note of, especially when it's a long road trip. Now, Pittsburgh, Philly didn't matter, but when Arizona right. has to go to Buffalo, it's like there's just no, 
<laughs> there's no motivation for them. A lot uh, of those players have never done that. And, yeah, and you know. Buffalo was a desperate team. That you know, Rex right. Ryan was being hung out to dry, and it just that's another angle that I look at too. And we like talked Washington about that last week. Was we stuck we, in we a talked about that. I know right. you, you you thought the Giants were going to blow them out of the water. And I said, listen, you know, I think it's a yeah. division game. I think if they're going to win, they're going to win a high scoring close game. Um, they almost gave it away, uh, but you know, it was a big win for Washington. I've just seen it. You know, these especially at the beginning of the season, not so much at the end, but when these teams are starting off 0-2, 0-3, like the desperation is there for them to get a win because the odds of them making the playoffs when they get to 0-3, 0-4 is just huge. Um, so that's just something that I, I, I do look at. Uh, going over the running backs, and like I said earlier, there's some value at running back this week for sure. And, um, some, you know, the thing about value at running back is like, it's there one week and it's gone the next, because if a guy was a value play and he did well, chances are his salary is going to get bumped up and he gets off the page. Um, and then there's going to be injuries. So a lot of times what, what you're doing with a value running back is the, it's a backup who's now in a starting position and you're getting him at a huge price. Uh, but the first guy that we're going to talk about, and he's absolute chalk this week. There's no doubt about it. But the price, especially on DraftKings, is to the point where it's really hard to ignore. That's Carlos Hyde of the 49ers. Uh, blue light special, 4200 on DraftKings. <laughs> Just we can't ignore it. We got to talk about it. I don't understand it. You know, the, yeah, nobody, nobody does. It's been the okay. question of the industry this week about what happened there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I, especially without Dez. I don't see Dallas going in there and blowing San Francisco's doors off. You know, I, I could see that being a close game. I could see a lot of running on both Field sides. Goals, a lot of Dan Bailey, a lot of um, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Cole Beasley. I'm going to bring him up yep. later. I mean, those yep. type of guys just, you know, it'll probably a handful of three and outs and, you know, running the ball. But I just think Hyde's a very, very good talent. And I think he's going to get a ton of carries against a so-so defense. Yeah, it's a ton of red zone carries. I mean, he just is in an incredible spot here. Um, the other guy, and, you know, everyone's going to be on this guy again because Langford's out. Jordan Howard's now the starting running back in Detroit. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, in Chicago, playing Detroit there at home. Uh, 5,600 on FanDuel, 3,700 on DraftKings. Um, you really got to play him, especially on DraftKings, because you got the flex, and he's just so affordable. Um any concerns here that Detroit gets ahead to the point where they're not going to be able to run? Certainly could happen, but it's not like I see Hoyer out there with four wides and the shotgun slinging it all over the field. I just don't know if they're equipped to really do that either. Sure. Yeah, they don't have the personnel to do it, so they got to go, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that the Lions' defense is really bad. That too, up. yeah. That's yeah, what I like are. about yep. it. So and, this game could be close, but a little bit more higher scoring than what Jeff yeah. Fox may be comfortable with. Yep. I mean, I think the Lions will score plenty, and they'll win sure. the game. Yep. But I think Howard's going to be involved the majority of the time. Certainly goal line action. You know, with the status sure. of the running backs, I would imagine he catches a handful of passes. Sure. I think inside of that offensive line's pretty darn good, which lends itself to him, you know, with, with sitting and long and white hair. So, you know, he's an interior um, John Fox runner. And yeah. I think that you know, he's going to take this job. Yep. Uh, outside of those two guys, like those are the two chalk plays, the two value plays this week for sure. Um there's some other guys that could potentially be upside plays, and I'm actually going to classify these guys as tournament plays. 
And I would tell you right now that there. See, but the one jumps off the field to me. Jumps off the off the page. Let's talk about that guy, Dwayne Washington. Dwayne Washington, yeah. For the same reasons, I think the Bears' defense is really banged up. They don't really have a nose tackle now. I think they like this kid a lot. He's a Matt Waldman favorite. He's very, very talented. They don't have an interior runner. Uh, I think he could have a very nice day. So he's. I'm a trying player. to remember. I'm trying to remember when we did this. Um, the team previews. I think we talked about him um, as the guy. Um, we typically would tick, stick with the skill position guys. Right. We talked about the wide receiver. The wide receiver that we liked. Um, the name escapes me. Uh, but it was a guy that we thought was going to get on the field, and it looks like he's just not going to when they signed Bolden. Um, no Jones. TJ uh, Jones. Jones, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and so Dwayne Washington, I believe, was the other guy we talked about. Um, who's got? And a he was actually a receiver when he got right. to college, so he he's can catch very, the ball too. Very interesting profile. Very interesting profile. I've seen the comps of poor man David Johnson. Um, this is this is a guy who could explode. I mean, talk about tournament play in flex uh, on DraftKings. To me, um, I'm gonna want I'm gonna want some shares. Not huge. Because, uh, you know, we don't know yet, you know, but as more coach speak comes out, if Marvin Jones doesn't go, I think I'm going to lean more towards him even more because I think then the, the game, the touches just change. And I think they're just going to rely on him quite a bit. And again, he's a guy who can break one off. Uh, another That another, Lions offensive line is starting to come around a little, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look, mm-hmm. it's loaded with high picks. Yeah, I was just and they haven't that. played yep. like that, but it's starting to now. I mean, I yep. think it's coming along. DeAndre Washington is another guy that, that you talked about. And I know he's more of an under-the-radar guy. But, look, Latavius is not on the field as much. Um, and he's not very good. And they've I messed don't like around, Bert, right? yeah. And they've messed around with um, uh, Jalen Richard, Richard, mm-hmm. however you want to say it. Um, Marcel Reese is cut. He's gone. He's been there forever. Uh, it looks like, you know, is this the week that DeAndre Washington becomes a factor uh, on the road at Baltimore, but again, the I do coach think that's speak- good defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so again, more of a flex play, um, right? Because he's, he's so thirty three hundred, right? Right. We want you know one point PPR on DraftKings. We get flex. We get him super cheap. So he's not on FanDuel. He's strictly DraftKings. I wouldn't mind having a little bit of Dwayne Washington on FanDuel, depending on how my team is structured. If I'm loading up, start like if I'm going. Uh, you know, if I'm going Antonio Brown, David Johnson, and and just for argument's sake, Cam Newton, if I'm just loading up, then then I'm looking at a guy like Dwayne Washington, possibly with a Carlos Hyde, with a with a Jordan Howard, and I'm just saying I'm going val, you know, or or like I said, if I'm paying up, uh, that's a guy who I, you know, Dwayne Washington is a guy who I don't have a problem taking uh, if I'm paying up at other skill positions. Uh, I wouldn't take him. If uh, I was going cheap in other spots and just you know loading up at wide receiver, I just think uh, you got to go skill he- skill heavy and throw him in there as a, as a piece. Uh, the other guy that you have down is the guy really going to depend on you know what comes out of this is um, Paul Perkins and tough match. This is a long shot yep. though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, we're mean... gonna yeah, it's a hail mary. I mean, no yeah. doubt about it. And I think that we can classify it as a hail mary uh, because. You, you brought up a great point. You said, um, look, if, you know, Darqua is just a, you know, run it right up the middle, straight line runner kind of guy. And I know some people like him, but um, 
you know, is that is that how you're gonna win at Minnesota? You know, how much it's it's not gonna be. It might be one yard in a cloud, of, not a cloud of dust, but a cloud of turf. Right. I mean, you're just running up into the back of your lineman yeah. as they get pushed into the backfield. You know, I look at this game and think both offensive lines are in for very very long days, mm-hmm. and both quarterbacks are gonna get hit a lot. And is I don't this see the lowest it, score lowest scoring game of the week potential. Uh, maybe you know, but yeah. I, I don't see a lot of running because that's gonna go nowhere. Right. So maybe you're dumping point. it to Perkins, you know, because mm-hmm. it's more screens to, to deal with that pass rush to not get Eli killed. The, the run doesn't work, so let's get him out there. But, like I said, you know, picking him against the Vikings when they don't allow hardly any points is a little right. scary. Right. And he might not see the field much. I mean, again, this right. is a Hail Mary. Right. Uh, but, another, another guy, Derek Henry. Um, you know, interesting that you would take a backup running back. Uh, in this spot, so I'd like to hear your thoughts on Derrick Henry in this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested. Uh, again, he's kind of a I would kick the tires on him type of guy. Um, Thirty five hundred. Yeah, know, surprisingly only, cheap. Yep. Yep. You know, Houston's without Watt. I still like their defense. You know, we talked about Osweiler. I think if both of us. If they don't want to kill DeMarco, like, look, DeMarco's getting getting a pretty good workload. But the thing about DeMarco is they're throwing the ball to him. Uh, so if they're looking at a situation where they say, listen, we, we're going to get DeMarco that touches this game. If they can find a way to keep it close um, is, you know, they kind of did that with Oakland. Everybody thought Oakland was going to blow the doors off him and it didn't happen. Uh, if they can find a way to, you know, obviously DeMarco is going to get his touches. But he is getting a lot of receptions as well. Um, if they got to give him a blow and just say, hey, we don't want to burn DeMarco out in the first half, let's get Henry out there. Henry might get 10 carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. That would be Yeah, ceiling. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yep. And I think he's got a chance so. to break a long one maybe. Or, you know, I mean, I don't love him. He's a super cheap. I like the yep. player. I like the talent. Um, so that one I, I just kind of kicked the tires on. I'm not sure I'm putting a ducket on that one or not, but I – he kind of stood out as at, at that price. Well, thing. if he can, if he can get 50 yards and a potential, if he can get, he's got really, it comes down to him getting a touchdown. If, if yeah, we think that right, he's right. in a spot to get a touchdown, which is tough to predict as a backup running back. But again, they're going to look, this offense is, is vanilla as vanilla can get at this point. I mean, God, it's, it's, it's really, really vanilla. And they're just going to run. They're just going to run. They're going to try to run. They're going to throw to DeMarco. They're going to throw to Delaney. Um, and, and that's really it. They're going to want to protect Mariota because they don't want to get him in a situation where he's going to get sacked and throw picks because that's what he kind of does. So, um, you know, they're just going to look to kind of grind, grind it out as long as possible. Uh, wide receiver spot. Uh, I think there's some decent guys this week. Um, a guy that you like, and I think this is interesting because I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him, but it does make sense to me is uh, Sterling Shepard. Uh, Giants against Minnesota. You figure they're going to lock down Odell with their best guy, but um, and Odell and it, still might win that matchup. I mean, he's right. a stud, but right. I mean, they have two big corners that are former first-round picks and Rhodes and Wayne starting to finally play better. Yep. But they're outside guys. I mean, I think the yep. only weakness of this Minnesota defense right now is, is covering slot receivers, and mm-hmm. I'm super impressed with Shepard as a slot yep. receiver. You know, sure. and Eli's a good player. I mean, Eli's going to give him the ball, so. They may not. The Giants may you know lose this game nine to six. It's possible, but it, it, I think that's one spot you can kind of do some things against the Vikes. 
Yeah, and again, that's going to be a tournament play. Um, Shepard is going to be very low-owned this week. Nobody's really going to be on him. And again, like Matt was saying, uh, they struggle. Uh, Captain Munnerlin is going to be the guy on him. And, um, you know, he's not the same. You know, he's a he's good okay. player, but, yeah, yeah, he's right, right. but he's not a shutdown guy. And, you know, you got Newman, you got Waynes, you know, Rhodes is still there. He is, I mean, the Vikings are loaded in the secondary. So, but that's that's a spot where you're going to get a player uh, extremely low owned, and Manning may be forced to go to him. Uh, next guy up on the list, and uh, I like this spot too, uh, Tyrell Williams of the Chargers um, is a guy that is 6,400 on FanDuel, 4,400 on DraftKings. And I think, look, um, I definitely wouldn't want to pair him with Rivers. Any other spot, if unless I'm pairing him with William uh, Rivers because I'm getting value. Um, and a lot of people are going to be on Travis Benjamin this week. He's cheap. He's the more known guy. He had the big game a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I, I like the Tyrell pick here. Um, he's $1,500 cheaper than Benjamin on DraftKings, and he's only $200 cheaper than Benjamin on FanDuel. So he is a DraftKings play for me. Um, once you speak about Tyrell. Yeah, I think they genuinely like him. I don't think he's just out there because Allen's hurt. And, well, I mean, that's obviously helping his cause. But, you know, I, I think they genuinely like He was going to be their number like, three. He was going to be their number three. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. And they were very happy with him, and he's sort of lucked into even more playing time. And, well, the bottom line is they're playing the Saints. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Saints defense is... Secondary was, is brutal. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, it, it was historically bad last year. Last and it, year, yeah. They're probably going to be worse this year. You know, they're, they're making a run for it. Yeah, Crawley, left yeah, Ken, Ken, Ken Crawley, Sterling Moore, VW Webb. I mean, I guess those the, are the names. Story is San Diego might just hand it to Gordon a million times to try to keep Breeze off the field, kind of like Atlanta did. You know, Atlanta right. scored five touchdowns in a row against the Saints, and Julio Jones and Sanu did nothing. But, right. you know, yeah, I mean, no, that's a good point, and I don't think that's. I, I don't, don't think, think that's going to happen. Right, but I don't think people are even considering that. I think people are automatically locking in and saying, Saints secondary, they're going to exploit it. Um, you know, the Saints are going to be able to move the ball, put up points, so it's going to oh, be yeah. more of a back and forth. But, um, yeah, we might see a little bit more of Gordon in this game. Now, he's going to be highly owned as well. Uh, he was highly owned last week, and he got a late touchdown. Everybody you know, saved people. So here's the deal with the Chargers. Um, to Woodhead, to Gates, and to Keenan Allen, automatically all these backups become just elevated plays because their salaries are so cheap and they're in starting positions. So the salaries are not catching up to these guys. And they're probably not going to catch up for weeks. So that's why the Chargers are going to continually be heavily owned because every one of their starters is so cheap at this point. So, yeah. you know, just bear in mind that the and, and they're getting a great matchup at home. I mean, that doesn't hurt. But just bear in mind that this is not going to end. This San Diego Chargers high ownership is going to continue. Uh, Woodhead's out for the year. Allen's out for the year. Who knows about Antonio Gates? So you're going to want to ride the Chargers when they have good matchups. But just be aware they're going to be heavily owned every single week. 
So it's not something I would not go all in with Chargers. I would pick my spots. I would have. You're not the only one doing this, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Other people yeah. are on. That, no, yeah. no, and they're popping up in projections and values and just lineup optimizers. I mean, that's why they're out there. Uh, a guy, it's another guy. And I think people are starting to catch up to him, but I still think that he's going to be sneaky. Is Jameson Crowder for the Redskins this week? He's a very good player. He's a pure slot guy. His touchdown last week was a little fluky, but they rely on him a great deal. And trust me, I know you know through, through sort of inside sources that he's not a fluke player. That's somebody that this organization leans on a lot, and he's got a phenomenal matchup. I mean, he's not yep. he's not going to see Joe Hayden at all. Right. He's going to see a bunch of jokers. Yep. Yep. No, I'm I'm on Crowder. I like him on both Fanduel and DraftKings. He's only six thousand on Fanduel. I think you can play him in tournaments. I think you can play him in cash games. Uh, Forty-two hundred. I'm still loving him in either spot on um, on DraftKings. Uh, another guy. Again, there's there's value here, especially you know Cole Beasley has been getting peppered with targets, and he's still pretty cheap because he doesn't have these monster breakout games. Uh, Des Bryant's probably not going to play this week. Cole Beasley is the trusted guy for Dak Prescott. Fifty-two hundred on Fanduel. Thirty-nine hundred on DraftKings. Um, I would actually be okay with the Dez being out. Um, I do like him more in DraftKings because we don't have to be as, as touchdown dependent with the one point PPR. Um, yeah. He's 5,200 5, on FanDuel. He's still very cheap on FanDuel, so he's in play for me there. Um, I wouldn't have a problem using him in cash games. Uh, it's normally not something I'm normally not going to drop down and go super cheap. But in this spot, because of the way the game is going to set up, at least the way it looks, it's going to set up. And the fact that Dez is out, uh, I don't think they're going to be chucking 50-yard bombs to um, Terrence Williams. I think it's going to be, you know, heavy Beasley, heavy Witten, you know, heavy run game and just, you know, play very conservative. So um, is that kind of yeah, your take? Yeah, exactly. Shorten yep. the game. But eventually they're going to have to throw, but these are easy throws. He's already got a rapport with Beasley. I don't think they're going to cover the slot very well. I mean, I think it's a eight-catch for 88-yard type of day. Probably yep. doesn't score. Yeah. No, and again, that plays better on one-point PPR. I think you can still get away with it on FanDuel um, in both cash and GPP just because he is so cheap. Um, the last guy we got here, and this is a favorite of our um, our resident cornerback guru, Brian Witherspoon, uh, and some other guys at Roto-Curve, is um, Ted Ginn. is uh, very interesting this week. He gets a matchup against Robert Alford. He lit up the Falcons a couple times last year. It's on turf. It's in a dome. The speed gets elevated. Maybe that has a lot to do with why he lit him up last year. But, um, you know, it, it's an interesting spot for Ted Ginn, who's been pretty quiet this year. He has, and I hadn't thought of him. I mean, this was your name that you kind of threw out there, and then I thought, ooh, yep. that makes some sense. And yeah. the biggest reason why is, unlike in the last couple of weeks where Newton's just gotten hammered by massive pass rush, yep. Atlanta's not going to do that to him. And when they can, they love to throw deep. I mean, that's what they're about. Physical running yep. game that goes through Newton. And then he takes shots down yep. the field. Yep. And he's not going to see Trufant. So mm -hmm. they can protect. He's not going to see the stud corner. Well, he could hit big. Yeah, and it might be early, too. Like, they may exploit that matchup very early in the game. 
uh, again, with the run game being what it is, I don't know if you were talking about it. I think it might have been Greg Cosell. I think that's being overlooked here is, um, it, look, their run game now is – it's not plug-and-play. Jonathan Stewart's a pretty good running oh, back. Oh, it's a and huge drop-off. Yeah, and Fozzie Whitaker and Cameron Artis-Payne are split in the role. And, again, I'm not confident in either one of these guys. I don't understand. We talked about this uh, at the preseason. I don't understand why they didn't draft a running back. And I don't understand why they cut my guy, Brandon Weger. <laughs> so, yeah, you talked about it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, man. But you know what? That's an organization where – like that's the one thing that you're going to question because boy, they've done a hell of a job hitting on picks in the draft for the last four or five years, um, to the point where it's almost uh, New England like uh, tight end position. Uh, there's some good value this week, and again, I would definitely recommending um, that you play value on uh, with tight end this week. I wouldn't spend up. The only recommendation I would uh, you know kind of make is if you um, if you do spend up a tight end, I would pair cam newton with greg olson because i think greg olson's going to have a monster game against atlanta against those weak linebackers so that would be kind of my play there but we've got a pretty good group of value tight ends starting with a guy that has really been uh, a staple is uh, dennis pitta for the ravens yeah i pick him every week and yep. usually because baltimore's got a very easy schedule uh in this case i also know flacco pretty well like i said i, I helped recruit yes, him to pick. Yes. he yep. always has that whoopee guy he always has the guy that he trusts and right now i think that's pitta but also the, the the area i think you can easily most easily exploit the raiders is that their linebacker level is not very good right. the strong safety le- you know strong safety play was really bad until they put joseph in but joseph's a rookie you know right. Pitta's a right. crafty dude um, and he's also probably their best red zone weapon right now too. So I'm a big pit of believer. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, next guy is Kobe Fleener, who kind of really burned people the first two weeks of the season, but Ben broke out last week, and then obviously gets that matchup against the Chargers that looks to be you know a pretty high scoring affair. Right. Uh, you know, the, the Saints put up a lot of points. I don't like Fleener all that much, and apparently he's struggled to fit in and learn the playbook, and Breeze is obviously very precise, and you better be in the right spot, but he's just remarkably cheap. I mean, this almost yeah. looks like a, a hide-mistake type of situation. Yeah, well, it's a lot of it's based on last year uh, and when he split time with Allen, and then he's just mm-hmm. hasn't, you know, I think the salary will catch up uh, if he has another big game, but um, a lot of times when a guy is super cheap, it takes huge breakout games in consecutive weeks and usually tight for a tight end to really explode with salary. So that's why we recommend, you know, I recommend value. Um, it's another guy that, you know, Zach Miller from the bears monster game last week, South, uh, you know, a smidgen five K on FanDuel, 2,700 on DraftKings. Uh, Hoyer's got to throw the ball to somebody. And he threw it to him last week. Well, and the Lions are just so beat up in the secondary, and linebackers are really, really shaky. The tight ends are torturing them right now. So this one shocks me too. I mean, it almost seems like he should be thirty-seven hundred. You know, I mean, like yeah, no, it's and it's not factoring in matchup. And you're right; he probably should be thirty-seven hundred. But the salaries, you know, that was a Sunday night game, and sometimes those salaries they're cranking them out a little bit early. And I bet. if they're importing, if they're importing the statistics and they're cranking them out before the Sunday night game is over, Miller's results aren't even factored into his salary this week. So I'm just speculating on that. That might be one of the okay. reasons why. The fourth guy 
uh, again, going back to the New Orleans San Diego game, and again, I'm you know I'm basically explaining to you what you know the why the Chargers are always going to be heavily owned and so cheap. Hunter Henry, who had a pretty decent game last week, min salary on FanDuel at forty five hundred and twenty seven hundred on um, on DraftKings. Uh, Hunter's salary didn't move. Again, uh, it's really hard for a tight end. He didn't have a great game, but he at least got out there and got the ball. So, again, if you're going to punt a position um, and you want to completely just go bottom of the barrel and save money, that's clearly the guy to do it with. Yeah, and rookie tight ends usually don't know what the heck they're doing. Right. And I think he's different that way. I think and that was his reputation coming to the league. You know, he, he's a student of the game. He looks comfortable. Doesn't look like there'll be Gates involved again. And they're playing the Saints. I mean, yep. you just keep coming back to that. I mean, yep. if you're playing the Saints and you're going to be on the field, you have a good chance to put up fantasy numbers. Sure. Uh, we're going to close it out with the, with the defense and the kickers. Um, defense. I only is, have one D. Yeah, it's tough, man. I mean, you you like the Giants, I think, because it's going to be a, a low lot. score. Right. I think I like that play. I like the Giants play. Well, I um, see a lot of sacks. Yep. You know, yep. I, you know I just think – in that game, we said it earlier, the Giants' D-line and the Vikings' D-line should absolutely own the offensive lines. Yep. And to no, me, that's plenty. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that play. And again, that game could be the lowest scoring game of the week if we think it's going to go the way it goes. Uh, kicker, you know my guys. Yeah, look, man, $4,500. Don't pay anything more on FanDuel. The three guys I'm going to recommend, Hopkins, who had a monster game last week uh, for the Redskins at 4500 Salary didn't move. Uh, and the, Again, that's why you don't pay for kicker on FanDuel. A guy has a monster game, salary doesn't move. So Dustin Hopkins <laughs> at home against the Cleveland Browns. Again, I'm looking for guys at home, minimum salary, favored. Uh, Dustin Hopkins does it for me. I'm going to go back to Josh Lambeau. And I'm going to continue to go back to Nick Novak. I think that, you know, again, I'm looking to save, you know, 500 to to $1,000 at the kicker spot. And I'll, I'll spend up at a skill position where it really means a lot more. That's going to about do it this week, guys, for Deep Threats. want to uh, thank you for listening every single week. And, again, these are um, value plays that we feel the majority of, are, you know, are going to be under-owned players. But, again, uh, with Matt's expertise – watching film, breaking it down, and really looking at players from a matchup perspective. I want to thank Matt again for joining us this week. We wish you everything. Uh, we wish you the best in week four NFL. We'll see you back here next Thursday night. Thanks.